Should we should we start, Bill? Should we should we shall I begin it and then we, we can crack on? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. All right. Well look. So I mean hello to everyone listening wherever you might be and listening whether it is live or of course listening to uh, a recording of all of this. Welcome to the Eagle Space here on the Rugby Network Twitter Space. It's a live interactive show we hope for rugby fans uh, to listen in, to ask questions uh, here in the US and wherever you might be listening in from around the world. I recognise there's going to be some people who either have got up early or having a very late night. Look, my name is Will Hooley. I'm a current rugby player here uh, in San Diego for the San Diego Legion and for the USA Eagles. I'm joined by USA Rugby Nuts, safe to say, journalist, a podcast creator, none other than Mr. Eagles overseas himself. Bill, Bill Baker, how are you doing? Great to have you with me and co-hosting for uh, tonight's show. Well, man, this is great to be here. I really appreciate it. This is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I couldn't feel better, which I'm actually lying because um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this COVID thing hit me early in the week. But you know what? It's kicked my butt, but nothing's keeping me away from doing what we're doing tonight because this is a little different than stuff we've done before. And, you know, I feel this Eagle space is a great chance to talk to players and coaches, ask questions, get some insight and, you know, engage the fans, love engaging fans. Uh, this is for them. And like that we got some dedicated fans out there and I see a few in there right now. Who I know are going to have a question to for us later, but um, but you know, well, I mean, as much as I enjoyed our conversations over the years, I'd much rather see you out there on the field. I'm mean, I'm so gutted for you that you're not going to have your chance to be in Dubai. Um, quite frankly, for this nerve wracking and, and exciting um, this weekend. I mean, you've been in action for a while for long term with a long term injury. You know how you're doing? How you handling not being there? Well, that's very kind of you, Bill, and thanks for the sentiment. I mean, look, I, I'm obviously extremely... Um, <laughs> that sound effect there as well. There you go. That would bring it all to you like that. Um, I, I'd rather, obviously, be on the field in Dubai. I, I, I'd rather be there trying to compete with the boys, trying to get out on the field uh, in what is obviously an incredibly important repertoire tournament coming up. But enough about me. Look, I, I, I'm getting there, and I'm slowly with my shoulder. I can't say... Uh, it's been an interesting ride with some uncontrollables that I won't go into. Um, but look, I'm just pleased to be here on the Eagle space and simply to gather support for the lads, if nothing else. And these three big games coming up, we've got Kenya, Hong Kong and Portugal. The contests over the next three weekends, all to try and book a place in the Rugby World Cup in France next year. And all those three games, Bill, are going to be shown on the Rugby Network, free to stream. I know rugby fans here in the US will be just celebrating that fact. It's been a bit of a journey to get to this point, but the Rugby Network will be producing that exciting uh, three games coming up, all for you guys to uh, stream in for free. No doubt be nervous. Um, we'll give it our best attempts, won't we, Bill, to try and bring some preview and review of the games uh, and a bit of fun along the way, hopefully, as well. Yeah, and, and just for your listeners out there, um, you know, again, we mentioned this before, this show is really about you guys. Um, fan engagement, you know, we encourage you to come up and ask a question. That's the unique thing about these spaces. Um, you know, Will and I could probably talk to her blue in our face, but um, we really <laughs> you guys ask the questions, you know. Uh, to do so, you can click on the bottom left of the screen to request to speak, and we'll get you up here as soon as we can. Uh, try to keep your questions somewhat short and to the point. Uh, we don't have a ton of time with each guest tonight. We do have two quality guests, of course. Um, and then once you do ask your question, we'll remove you as a speaker, but you'll still be in the show and just listening in. In, in the bottom um again it's it's about you guys it's about the fans please come on up and be respectful with your questions as well uh to this date knock on wood we haven't had any issues with that uh <laughs> if you miss anything tonight don't worry we're we are recording this this will be a, a release as a podcast uh coming up hopefully by tomorrow um and you'll be able to find a link to that podcast on the rugby network wills and eagles overseas twitter accounts uh but stay tuned for those as well and again um i'm pumped sunday morning 7 a.m versus kenya number 33 and kenya on the rugby network and free those are all big big words right there free rugby network and and rugby. So, uh you know another question for you a couple more questions for you well before we move on um you know have you talked to the guys at all i know we're going to talk to one of them in a minute he's not going to be there as well but if you talk to the boys there you know how are they feeling and also what the hell do we know about kenya 
Uh, look, I have spoken to a couple of boys. Um, I was speaking to AJ as he was making his way to the airport um, the other day, uh, off to Dubai. And then, of course, Bryce Campbell as well. Uh, Bobby Dice. I mean, literally, he is Mr. USA Rugby. Look, the, the guys are, by all accounts, uh, positive. They're... Um, and that internal confidence is going to be everything going into this competition because, let's be honest, it's not a great position to be in. No one really wants to be at this kind of last last chance saloon. But at the same time, that's where we're drinking from. So what do we know about Kenya? Well, not lots. And there's no point me sort of trying to make something up about them other than, of course, their qualification uh, was all through uh, playing Namibia and also Zimbabwe. So unfortunately, they... Uh, lost to Namibia in their contest, but did make their way through to get to this position, I believe, through beating Zimbabwe. Um, it's it's going to be for something for them where they've got nothing to lose. So we can maybe come on to it a little bit later, speaking about it later. But maybe we've got also time just to, uh, before we speak to our first guest, just for maybe a question from the audience. After all, this is what we want from the Eagle space. Yeah, and, and with that said, let's jump. Uh, Ryan always has great questions. Ryan, good to see you up here again. Remember we said, Keep it short. <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate it. Yep, we're going to keep it super short. Uh, Will, first of all, I just want to say thanks. Uh, thanks for you, Joe, and everybody repping the USA Eagles. I do appreciate it. Um, with the rep change, um, just have a quick question. I know Ricard Hatting is suspended, I think, until February. Um, really, how is that going to affect the performance of the Eagles um, doing this international test? Um, I know he was one of the, the the top three point scorers in Major League Rugby. Um, do you think Gary Gold has a um, kind of a backup plan to that? Thanks. Appreciate the question, Ryan. Um, obviously, I, I can't make too much comment about Ricard, um, as I'm sure it's been maybe publicly aware. But at the same time, that unfortunately, we can't really talk about it because that's not the um, position we're in. We're in a position where he can't be playing for us uh, in, in this competition coming up but I'm really excited about uh, the, the some of the back row options that we do have you know Jammer for example is an absolute unit of a man I was really impressed by some of his play uh, in South Africa lately watching him against the, the Cheetahs um, and in the second game against the Pumas so um, yeah we've got to deal with the here and now unfortunately that's not a great answer to the first question but at the same time that's the only answer I can give <laughs> Oh, yeah, there we go. Sorry, guys, I lost myself for a second there. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ryan. Great question. Um, real quick, one more. Rugby morning. Uh, Fitzy, how you doing? Good, everyone. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Will, for, for doing this. Will, quick question for you. I know the uh, the match day 23 for the U.S. for the men's Eagles probably come out tomorrow, and certainly you probably aren't you know down with or understanding what Gary's going to put out quite yet. But just speculating here a little bit, given that a lot of the um, the Eagles overseas um, have just came off a, a weekend of play, do you anticipate or should we anticipate seeing some of those Eagles overseas playing guys like McGinty to Haas? Do you anticipate seeing them playing on Sunday or do you think maybe a little bit more rest before uh, Hong Kong and Portugal? I think it's a great question. And, and to be honest, I think um, – Probably if I was Gary, I'd be looking at probably keeping it within the squad that they've got at the moment. And what I mean by that in terms of the guys who work super hard in South Africa, they were in camp before that, actually, in Colorado. So I have no doubt that there will be a big emphasis on keeping that sort of cohesion together. Those guys have worked extremely hard. You bring in that bit of stardust that comes from Europe, fantastic. But maybe drip feeding that in would be, you know, I, I can imagine something which Gary Gold will look to do. Um, I don't know for definite. I wish I could give you those definite answers. But I would say the beauty of a three-game competition is don't have to rush. And that's no disrespect to Kenya, but I have absolutely no doubt that the guys would have really prepared for this game against Kenya over the last few weeks. So allow those guys to come in from Europe, allow them in for the next week or two, and I can imagine they'll be drip-fed as the tournament goes on. All right, thanks thanks for every morning, thanks to Fitzy. All right, you know what, Will, I think it's about that time. What do you say we move on? Yeah, absolutely, because I am really, really happy that the big man can join me, the beast, that is Joe Talfete. 
He's 30 years old, which I can't actually believe it, Bill, which I, I don't know why, but he's, he's, he might be smirking away. But Joey's getting actually quite old now. He's 34 um, caps to the USA. He's got 22 test tries, the most tries um, for a hooker in test history. So we're delighted to have Joey join us today. Joey, I hope you can hear us. And now hopefully we can let you speak. I mean, the first question that we've all got to ask how are you doing, mate? Because unfortunately, you're not in Dubai. I've seen a cast on your wrist. What's up? Hello. Can you guys hear me all right? Uh, we've got you. Yeah. How are uh, you doing? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you for that introduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, freak, man. I can't believe I'm 30 years old. Um, just living in England now, like to see that that's where my rugby with the Eagles started was with in England and to think now that I'm living in England and being 30 years old I'm like what the freak is going on <laughs> um, but yeah I kind of tore some ligaments in my thumb and my wrist and then uh, a small fracture in the wrist so I'll be out for six to eight weeks I'm pretty gutted that I'm not in Dubai but otherwise I'm happy to be home I'm home now in California so I'm glad to kind of see the family and the kids I haven't seen them in two months so it's oh man it, it oh. kind of makes it worth it to to kind of be injured but you know obviously i want to be out there representing this the eagles no man no i appreciate it and actually we're so lucky that you are in the right time zone because otherwise we probably wouldn't have you on this call so i'm glad you're with your family i'm yeah. obviously gutted that you're you're not with the boys we can't have you and your impact both on and off the field um well just a quick question i mean how, how is life for you at leicester i'm sure listeners do want to know it's obviously been um still the start of the season i'm sure you're now frustrated you're injured but how's it been buddy you, you've been enjoying it settled in yeah it's been i mean i, I went over there as soon as my son was was born was kind of was kind of hard to do but ultimately i wanted to go to tell us to really work hard and kind of build myself towards the world cup and it's a, it's a big year coming this year and and i think um going to leicester was ultimately was going to help me get there and and the way they train and the way they they grind every week is it's probably the best club i've ever been to in terms of how hard they work and how how their system is and, and it, yeah i mean i'm just beyond blessed just to be there. Man, I'm, I'm delighted for you, really am. Talking about hard work, it's been hard work, this qualification, hasn't it? I mean, it's a bit of a smirk that I've got I, on my face. I tell, but... I tell you, man, I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was, after, you know, after what happened in, in Colorado, it was really heartbroken and took me weeks and weeks. And it wasn't until I was watching film on the boys actually working hard. You can see how much it, it really pains them, you know, and mm. in a sense that they... They wish that things were different, obviously, but but you know they you can see how much they're doing and how much work they're really putting out when they're training. Yeah, mate. I mean, anyone that's involved, and unfortunately, uh, my injury meant that I, I couldn't be there. But uh, when you think back to the frustrations of what has happened before, what what are the learnings though that we can take from it going into you know this this big few games coming up in this repercharge tournament? The biggest thing I think it'd be the ownership, you know, and kind of just understanding that everyone comes from different, you know, backgrounds in a sense. But um, I think the thing that we didn't understand is how much these guys knew each other inside and out, and and you you kind of question yourself on on how much I actually know the person next to me in in a sense that these guys play with each other year round. As as for some guys who are in different parts of the world. Um, I think there's a huge kind of change in, in the atmosphere and how much we want to get closer as a team and, and kind of understand each other more on and off the field. And But, yeah, I think going forward, it, it, it'll be good for us. And, Joe, it's, it's, are you talking about also maturity as well? I mean, last time we spoke uh, was on our different spaces and, you know, Greg Peter with you as well and um you were just getting done from a team dinner but you all get around along so well off the field obviously and on the field but was it just more of a maturity level also that needs needed to grow yeah I, I would say that 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 played in a part you know and i think with a lot of young guys in our scene now and me being 30 years old um you know there's a lot of young guys that, that have to step up yeah 
sorry to say, Bill, but it's uh, I feel like we're bad. I feel bad that we're just sort of poking fun at Joe. He's thirty years old. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's because you started that. You started. That was the introduction. Sorry, my man. Sorry, 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 Bill. You just uh, I've cut you up there. You go again. I just I just felt bad that we're just poking at him. No, I was. Yeah. How's it feel to be thirty? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, just you know, talking about being together, uh, uh, Joe. You know, obviously you're with Lester and not with the Falcons down in South Africa. But uh, talk about how important it was for the group available to spend that kind of time together uh, leading up to this Repiage matches. Yeah, just like I spoke about earlier, on how Chile were. They, these guys spend so much time together off the field in terms of the tournament that they play in. But also for us, it's just unbelievable to, to kind of have that kind of time. You know, you get other bigger nations that that come together, you know, during the week. We got England guys at Leicester now who disappear on weeks on end just to join the team. And you can see that, that it's, there's, there's a huge chemistry that's being built with these weeks away from the, their club to kind of be together. So for these guys to go away... Um, you know, before going to South Africa, they were in Colorado for two weeks. And for them to have that time together to build something and kind of get to know the player next to them, it, it, it goes a long way. Joey, obviously, like, this is it is about the result. Let, let's not try and kind of make it all fluffy and lovey-dovey. Like, it is about the result in the next three weeks. But yeah. you know what it's like. I know what it's like. You're purely focused on result-driven outcome like the outcomes of it mm. sometimes it's not going to work I mean what would your be I've asked you in terms of like advice to them in terms of getting this job done you know how do we go about on a mental side of things just not just you know being within ourselves having that internal confidence yeah you said it right there it's about us you know and I think when we're that driven to, to get a result you know what I mean like everybody has that competitive edge in the camp and if you don't take it together, then it's not really going to go anywhere. Uh, and I was with KP the night before I had to come back to LA, and you could just just speaking to him about it and how how you know how how much fire he's got under him to actually you know get this job done. Look, I think this is a we can obviously ask plenty more questions, Bill. But if there's anyone in the forum at the moment who wants to ask a question to Joe or myself or even Bill, just about, I mean, we got Big Joe here. I don't want to, you know, overspend his time because he's with his family. But do raise a hand um, equally. You know, I think we might have a request coming in now. Just yeah, fire, fire them out. Yeah, go on. Scrum by the earth. Good to see you again. Hey, guys. How are you? Joe, real pleasure to meet you. Thank you for joining us this evening. That's fantastic. Um, this this tournament coming up is, is so big. I'm not going to say if you win, but when we win this, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, that would qualify us for a tough pool with Wales, Australia, Fiji, and Georgia. Um, which of those matches would you be sort of targeting, and um, how can you give hope for USA Eagles fans that we can get over that hump? Oh, that's a really good question. I think any team in the World Cup is a tough match. I mean, especially if it's a World Cup. I mean, everybody's going to be playing out of their boots to, to represent their country because everybody in the world is going to be watching. And I and I think the biggest aim is to actually get there. And, and I think a lot of players are, are solely focused on that. Um, in terms of the pool, I think in any other pool in the World Cup, it would be tough. But, um, yeah, those games are all up in the air. And I think that, you know, we've always had a good match against Georgia, and, and I think that that'd be a good match for us to, to kind of fill our boots. But at the same time, you know, it, it's a World Cup. You can, it's, it's whoever's the best team on the day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great question. Uh, Joe, another one for you, and we're going to let you go here in a minute. Uh- because I love hearing those kids in the background too. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all, um, uh, just just briefly about your time with Leicester so far. And um, uh, it, you know, it's a new camp for you. You know, you've gone through Worcester. Obviously, you feel bad for those guys. Um, I'm Leon. Can you talk briefly about um, you know fitting into this camp? Was it any differently different than any other camp? Um, I would say it's a lot. It's what I expected when I first became a professional in Europe in terms of how hard they work. I mean, obviously, worked hard at Worcester, worked hard at Lyon, but there, there was a big emphasis on 
on that brotherhood that that why you're working hard and they isolate the fact that there's different areas in the field or in the game that that people fall off and people lose focus a little bit and you have to look and think about the person next to you like going into Leicester we focus a lot on kick chase mm. and tackling and defense that, that's 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 part of my game that I wouldn't be the strongest. You know, I, I love to carry the ball. I love to be in, in set piece. And obviously with the premiership and in France, set piece is a big thing already. But to go in there and solely focus on kick chasing, they 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 look at your numbers. They look at how hard you're working on kick chase. That's something I do not like. But to go there and actually work on that, it, it's been unbelievable for me and for my game. And so obviously that was the main reason why I wanted to go to Leicester. But kick chase, weren't you the one that said you would hide out in the wing if you're getting tired? Exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I don't want to hear from my mouth ever again. (laughs) Uh, You know, I want to be there for the boys when we're kick chasing. (laughs) All right. One more listener question. Fitzy, rugby morning. Good to see you again. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Joe, you just mentioned you love um, the set piece. I think Bill or Will had mentioned earlier you're the uh, all-time record holder for most test tries by a hooker. How big of a grin do you get? when you're playing and there's a there's a there's a line out inside the 22 and you know you're going to get the ball at the back of that driving wall heading for the try line how, how big of a grin do you get on the back of the ball? I, I, the I, I tell you man I, I get so excited and 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 if we have a penalty um on that 22 and the kicker wants to to kick for post i am looking at him and i'm staring either if it's will or Asia, I am staring at him. Do not kick this like these <laughs> points. And I'm telling you, our set piece will get us there. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, it, it does excite me because I, I know that the boys will work hard for these for these points. Hey, look, Joey, I'll tell you what, man, having you on, I know it's been um, just a small bit of time, but I know how well we all appreciate it because I know you're with your family in L.A. for a short amount of time. You haven't seen them for a, for a long time. And look, Oh, I'm just gutted you're not out there, buddy. Yeah. I really do yeah. mean that. I really do mean that. Right. I hope that wrist heals up quick. I hope we get the job done, obviously, in the next three weeks so that you have a big year next year. Um, but thank you. Thank you. I really do mean it. Thank you for joining us. If there's any kind of last-ditch, last questions, then feel free, Bill. Uh, we can maybe have one more for, for dear old Joe, but otherwise, yeah. we, we will let the man go. Yeah, I think <laughs> we'll <go>. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Joey. Appreciate nah, it. Buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys. Thanks. Well, all the best on that shoulder, huh? Cheers, man. Appreciate right. it. Take Thank care, you, Cheers. How about that? Joe Talfate joining us straight away. I mean, I'm pretty chuffed that he's come on because I'm not going to lie. Anyone who knows Joe, when you to get hold of him, to speak to him and get him to message back sometimes is a nightmare. So, and he was dealing with traveling over from the UK recently to LA. So, we we are chuffed to have him on board. And I think it's clear to see, Bill, like he's devastated not to be here uh, or not to be in Dubai, I should say. Um, he, he'll be missed, won't he? Yeah, you know, uh, just full disclosure there, Will, um, he actually got back to me right away the first time I reached out to him. It was you that kind of took forever to return messages. and. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a habit that some of us players have. Um, not not me though. Don't be silly. No, no, no. Of course, of course not. No, uh, really, really nice. Really good to hear his insight with uh, Lester, and also, um, you know, I, I love him talking about the kick chase and uh, and great questions from our listeners too. That was that was a nice segment. Absolutely, I think it's really interesting that he mentions that about kick chase because I know that I know rugby fans get very frustrated when there's a lot of kicking in the game, and mm. I can understand. But at the same time, it's the realization of what you want out of those outcomes. I'm not going to go into crazy detail and bore people who are listening, but in, in, in especially in international rugby, it is about playing in the right areas. And I know the Eagles will definitely have that aspect or that that, that thing in their artillery going into this repercharge tournament. The last thing that the Eagles will want to do will be making mistakes in and around their own third, gifting, you know, a potential in for a Kenya, a Hong Kong, 
or indeed Portugal. It's, it's interesting that Leicester, they, they had a successful season last year, winning the title in the Premiership based on that model. It's not a model that fits all, but it was it is a model that works to a degree. So hopefully with the Eagles play over the next few weeks, there's an element of that Leicester mentality, but also um, that freedom as well to express ourselves. And uh, yeah, hopefully use the... Use the experience and the talent we got. And talking of experience, Bill, I feel that's maybe a quite good way for me to hand over to you because uh, not that you are experienced, you are experienced, but the next guy we've got on, next guest, I'm properly excited. I was very excited for Joe, but I'm very excited to welcome our next guest because he's got some great things to say. Yeah, you know, this this guy, um, I've had a, the luxury or the honor to talk to him a couple of times already. And he's, he's uh, I don't know, if you ask me, it's kind of listening to um, Ted Williams, somebody about baseball. You're like, you want to listen, you want to talk to this guy about rugby. And he's, he's played in pretty much every major rugby event throughout his playing years, not now. A couple World Cups, even the Hong Kong Sevens, which has happened this weekend for the men. Uh, yeah, we got USA Rugby Hall of Famer Dan Lyle. Dan, good to hear you again. Yeah, thanks for... Uh having me on this debut show um yeah excited the uh, young and old uh are joining forces uh i'll of course uh bill and you and i were in the uh on the firmly on the left side and uh joe and and, and uh and the other chap uh on the show is uh on the other side yeah yeah although although they they they're both broken and we could probably run out there for at least you know 30 seconds so yeah and, and go nowhere the ball <laughs> exactly exactly so dan um uh what's going on with you these days you know what, what's been keeping you busy well um obviously just had the la sevens in an odd part of the year uh rebooted that after covid uh, a couple of years out uh and getting back into our proper proper time slot in february uh 25th and 26th uh so that and just beginning to carve around the edges of uh, this long-term strategy um, of what rugby will look like in the future um, from, you know, this end of this Women's World Cup, the start of the seven series, the repage, and really, you know, how everybody hits the ground running in 23, um, you know, in this, in this build-up to, you know, what the future looks like. Yeah, and speaking of the immediate future, obviously you just mentioned the repage, um, repage. I don't know if I ever say that right, but um, you know, just just speaking as a fan for you, you know, as we're all our fans, obviously this game, you know, um, you, is there any way to kind of grasp that kind of pressure the players and the coaches are feeling right now going into this match? Yeah, um, but I was uh, fortunate or unfortunate to play in one of these. Um, <clears throat> back in the day um, where, you know, we had had uh, not our best year uh, in 2002 and building into the World Cup. A lot of that was, you know, what uh, player, player availability, all the things that Joe and Will and almost every American rugby player knows about. Um, And, uh, you know, losing out in South America um, in, you know, bad conditions and not playing to your potential, um, again, having injuries, availability, all those things, you know, that happened to us. And, um, and we got into the, uh, repertoire round and had a, you know, home and away series versus Spain. And mm. it, it, it was a concentrated effort, um, on, who do we select? What the coaches were doing? What the off season looked like? What what we put in place? You know, by way of fixes to the game plan, fitness. There was a lot of things that went into looking yourself in the mirror um, and realizing that uh, you only had, you know, a you know a couple of games to go to the big dance. And so, yeah, uh, I've experienced it and know what these players and these coaches are going through and were you the captain of the, of the team at the time uh, i was not um and it was probably I, I like to say to people a lot of times that you know coming back from injury and you know dave hodges had had mm. jumped into that role um it was probably one of tom billups the coach at the time and 
and mine, Dave's, and some of the other senior leaders, you know, best thing to say, hey, it's probably the best thing for this team for Dan Lyle not to be the captain because it, it, you need you need multiple captains, right? You need multiple leaders. And, you know, um, I, I have a tendency sometimes to be, you know, the, you know, the, the out in front, you know, and yeah. – um, and there's other ways of being leaders, and that that was a good um, good lesson for me uh, in my eagle playing career and in life and leadership. You know, um, so I was not, but uh, I think we we um, we had a number of leaders at that point. Um, our team was probably at least in the forwards um, was a lot more experienced. Um, something I'm looking at this team and only seeing a couple of experienced guys. Um, that are there and and just trying to figure out what the you know how they're going to harness the, their energy and and what they knew they do know after these this run in um, so you know that's a that's a sidebar conversation but that's uh you know we had experiences um, that we had put under our belt and probably were able to come out on the other side because of those experiences. Dan, so good to have you on. I, I hope you can hear me uh, over here. I, I just wanted to touch on what you just said there about the whole experience of leading. And obviously, it's, it's, all, it's easy, in my experience anyway, so far, it's, it's easy to lead when it's going well. It's easy to lead when you're winning each week. Uh, it's easy to lead when you're qualified and you're going into the tournament. You know, you look at the likes as well, you know, the leaders that naturally stick out to me in that, that team in the moment, whether that be an AJ McGinty, Bryce Campbell, Marcel Brackey, uh, in the forward, someone like uh, Cam Dolan, uh, Dylan Fawcett. How, what, what would your advice be to them almost leading in this situation that we are in? Because we're not full with confidence, if that makes sense. So how do you get out of your players? Well, you have to, you, you have, to have some banker um structure um the team i was on in 2003 and and that was probably one of the best years we had is is eagles uh winning record playing 13 or 14 tests and winning in the world cup and nearly pipping a couple of others beating you know the the some of the the upper tier two teams that we did that year beating canada two or three times in a single season the we, we knew we were dominant as a as a tier one team in the lineout. We knew what we wanted to do in the scrum. I mean, we had some big guys and we can, we could hold for a period, but we weren't technically savvy to the degree that we could mess around. So, you know, getting the ball in and out and having uh, phase moves, both on the, in the back row and, and off, off tight. Uh, we knew, where we wanted to kick the ball. We knew that Mike Kirkus, for example, and who was the tenant today, you know, he didn't have a, a long foot. Um, so we knew we had to do certain things to set field position in certain ways. So we, we, we knew certain things that we were good at. We also knew certain things we were not good at. Um, and we had a tactical strategy for the, some of the things that we weren't good at. Um, and, and based upon the opposition we were playing at times. And so of course, rugby then, you know, raises its head and <laughs> it's a fluid ongoing sport. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that Joe hit on there at Leicester, I had that exact same experience coming from the free-flowing, you know, put the ball around, you know, peer heavy, but still, you know, lead the league and try scored and bath, going to Leicester and embracing the suck and the grind and the fitness, you know, um, that those are some of the questions that this team has had to answer, right? And, you know, can it you know, um, embrace, you know, the get off the ground, you know, the back in the game structure, the, when you do have kick chase to be, you know, aligned off both offensively and defensively, you know, later in the game, you know, when we, well, I, I can imagine that six or seven of the games that we've had, you know, um, in this, uh, in this buildup and qualification period where you're leading games, you know, um, you know, 14 to three, 19 points and different points, and then you, you fall apart. And, and so, I think uh, the long answer there, Will, is that you, you have to understand what you're good at and what you're not good at and have plan A's and B's and even C's for those things. Um, 
Um, and so, you know, that's, uh, that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> so listeners, uh, just to remind you, uh, we're here with Dan Lyle and we are talking, uh, USA rugby and repiage. Um, if you'd like to ask a question, please press the bottom left where it says request and we'll get you up here as soon as possible. And let's go to our next listener, Jaden. Hey guys, I'll make this short. Um, so I think we would all know that the past 12 to 18 months for the Eagles has been not good to say the least. Uh, much to the contrast of the Sevens team. So my question is, is the development and success of the Sevens team coming at a detriment to the Fifteens team? And if not, why are we seeing such a big dichotomy? Thank you. I think it would be good for you, Dan, since you're uh, connected with both Collegiate Sevens and Fifteens. Yeah, um, it's a great question. Uh, I have some of the same questions. Uh, you know, I, I don't live within USA Rugby, and I'm not privy to the coaching choices and the intermixing of the sevens and fifteens teams. But certainly, I think that um, both on our men's and women's teams, that there's um, how players are available for one versus the other. You know what the what the training environments are like, how you intermix those together. Um, those are all things that um, at this point is a woulda, coulda, shoulda, if you look at it that way, or there might be very good reasons why they're not doing it. Um, but certainly those are the those are the questions that we have to ask ourselves moving forward. The, the team is set, they're in Dubai, and the women's team is now finished with the World Cup and our, our sevens team, uh, a young squad is in Hong Kong. Um, I would like to see, you know, personally in more interplay, you know, I'd like to see the best players in the world playing uh, sevens and at least in the Olympics. Uh, I'd like to, think the world game thinks that the Olympics is um, is the best players in the world should play in that. I think that's great for fans, sponsors, and TV. I think conversely in, uh, that 7s and 15s have grown apart. I'd like to see them grow uh, more together. I, I just uh, add to that as well. I think Dan hit the nail on the head about growing together. I think so important. I think one of the other things as well to kind of um, answer that great question is we are developing here in the US a, a domestic league, the MLR. It's still developing. I know it's five years old, but it's still a, a baby. I think what we really need to try and get is eventually we want the best US players playing all together in the domestic league. I think back to when I played Japan in 2019, just before that World Cup, and we all know how good they performed at their own home World Cup. Speaking to those guys after the game, so many of them either were in the same club team in the top, in whatever they call the top league in Japan, or they were all in that league. They were all on the same schedule. That meant they could have camps wherever in Japan, different times of the year, because they weren't conflicting with clubs eventually that's what we want to get to now i know that's a future statement to make and i know that's maybe a little bit you know wishful thinking but we want the likes of i've said it before in previous podcasts we want the likes of like young talent like ruben de haas even the experienced talent such as aj mcginty or wherever it might be eventually we want them in the u.s playing in the u.s but unfortunately at the moment Unfortunately, the finances are not still there. The MLR is growing and it will continue to grow. But I do believe in terms of the growth of USA Rugby, it's going to come with a strong domestic league where the best USA players play in that domestic league. Yeah, well said, Will. Uh, Dan, let's let's talk a bit about the uh, Dubai as well. So, And we're talking about players also. We're talking about players between 7s and 15s. But... Um, yeah, or Will, you can also chime in here as well. I mean, do we have any insight on the eight uncapped players for Dubai? It seems like a lot of players, you know, really young, getting their first taste of international rugby, kind of like the wrong time to make sure everyone plays. I think uh, it's a great question. <laughs> I think, um, and, and to reflect a little bit on what Will said there, um, um, you know, you, you're... I think we had six uncapped players coming off the back of not qualifying as America's one or two going into the repujage versus eight on this one. I think that's a symptom of American rugby, right? That um, we picked up a Rion Vanzel 
you know, who was a flyer and made his mark on the sevens. You know, one or two of you might remember Paul Emmerich. I say in jest, Paul came into the team for that repressage. He had been discovered, you know, obviously he was an All-American, you know, and sevens. And, and it, it was an interchange between the, those uh, there. I, I honestly can't, you know, put my finger on why, why I think I know, but I think everybody's got to recognize that we're not tremendously different today than we were back then. We have a professional league that's beginning to develop, um, but it's five years old. So while it's a baby, are we getting better as a national team? There's a lot of debate whether the, the, those clubs and those teams, and I respect all of those people for spending that amount of money in the sport of rugby. And there's a lot of friends and, and former colleagues and, and teammates that are, that are doing those, uh, those jobs in MLR. But are, are we looking ourselves in the face saying that the, we are getting better? Some of that is data sets off of, you know, the metrics is, is, uh, is Joe Teofate better than Kirk Kasijan? Is, 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 uh, Titi Lemisatelli better than Mike McDonald? Is, is Greg Peterson better than Luke Gross? I mean, I'm just taking era to era, you know, but both metrically rugby wise, you know, are we really breaking down? Is the collegiate and scholastic system better now or worse now are we you know what what structures and what development have we done at these different levels other than organically will and i did a little preview of this before we have 600 men's universities 400 women's universities plus or minus that means that if you graduate 10 players a year we got 6,000 men's players and 4,000 women's players per year you know, coming out at 22 years old, if we're so we've we've obviously got a quality, you know, coaching. There's 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 a number of issues that that we're not getting to the next level at our national team level. Some of that, Joe and Will are hitting on. That's time together, training environments, competitive environments. But those are the two pies: metric and rugby. And we have to improve both of those. And everybody has got to this repertoire and this where we are today, maybe the, the the way our our teams are performing. I know that this is a a long answer, but that you know are, are are our teams performing to this to the quality that we want them to be based upon the the either the past or where we're trying to get to. And I, I don't know if that answer that that the answer is in the formative for many of many people. So I'd ask the everybody why is that the is that the case bill i am so glad i brought dan on because this is exactly the kind of chat that i know he can just inspire and is just it's brilliant and and he makes such a good point i i I will wrap the answer up a little bit because i know it was a little bit of a specific as to who can we look look out for um well i'll tell you now i'm really excited about mitch wilson and the new england free jacks winger slash fullback as well i I just i think he's a tenacious little player he's almost if we can get him right and fit he could be like the kind of shane williams of of the USA Eagles I've, I've really put some pressure on him now by calling him that but anyway um, and then another couple of names who apparently have been really impressive I was speaking to uh, to one of the boys today is uh, Corey Daniel from um, I believe Old Glory um, in the back row he's been training really hard and really well um, so I think you know na- names like that they're only going to bolster the team and make ultimately competition hard so and that if, if competition's hard in the training squad then you're going to get the best out of your players on the day I think we've got another question coming in Bill if that's right um, yeah. And, uh, yeah jump over to Coach Red Hey, Coach, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hey, so I, I want to go off of what Dan just said. The the and I think we talked about this last time uh, with you and Will about how we need to get everything put together um, as far as how all the other high school sports are in America to build everything up. Like you said, there's 400 uh, women's programs, 600 
you know, universities for men's programs, but we have three to five different collegiate leagues. Uh, we need to get all of those things in unison. So that way we can continue to build on, you know, all these programs feeding into the USA system. And then additionally, uh, you know, having the eight uncapped players, I don't necessarily feel that that's a bad thing. Uh, you know, bringing in new blood sometimes is the best thing possible. I know we have a lot of experience like will that's unable to play and, and you know what, we got one shot. So why not give these guys a chance? And that's, what's going to push us over in order to get into the world cup. Uh, but brilliantly said coach. I mean, I'm almost thinking you answered your own question there, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, no, you're totally right with the, with the competition. I think it's it's only going to spur on um, us as a side, us as a nation. We'll, 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 we'll get there. We all want us to get there, right? And I'm saying that as a player, and I'm sure you, you're thinking that as fans as well. Um, Bill, should we should we have one more question before beginning to wrap up? I can't believe we've already done 45 minutes, which is very impressive, and uh, lots of people have been tuning in. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think we've got one more. Over at the uh, scrum of the earth again. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, Dan, it's so great to quote-unquote meet you. Uh, I really appreciate the time and you you know, sharing all your insights with us. Um, if we're able to get through this repechage and make it to this World Cup, it'll be exactly 20 years since the last time you were playing internationally. The game has changed so much since then. You know, What's your take on the differences between then and now? And frankly, do you like the product that is Rugby Union right now? People complain about the speed of the game, the kick tennis. They complain about lots of things. Uh, for you, is rugby better or worse than it was when you were playing at the international stage? Um, I, I, I think that that's, um, I often say, you know, you can't miss what you, you, you can't do anymore, right? Um, so I think the game has evolved, um, that, that the fitness levels, the athletic levels continue to rise just like they've done in every sport that's that's been professional for a number of years. Um, and that's part of the, the, the exercises of, of why we are probably as a, as a country further behind in the 15 side, in, particularly the men's side, than we were maybe uh, before I started playing and even when I started playing. So the, the organizational structure, the data sets, the, the technology, all of those things make for a, uh, a game that's uh, more structured. Um, so therefore sometimes looks um, less attractive um, more gladiatorial, um, but at the same time, more innovations happening every year. Um, you know, if you just take the premiership, you know, it, it, there's more and more and more quality games of high caliber, people breaking down each other, finding different ways of, of doing things. Um, and the adjudication of the game is so much higher. Um, you know, of course, that brings about all the player welfare issues that we should all be keen to uh, to to uh, support and and make sure that those are all in alignment. The values of the game need to be protected, just like they were, you know, back in my day. So all of no, none of those things have changed. They're more important today than they were ever. I think that they're probably part and parcel to how we can get this game um, to a higher level in America using some of those value sets. But um, the game's definitely changed. Um, it's a higher um, a caliber game because of the um, the, the, the number of athletes um, uh, that are playing the game and the way that rugby is reviewed and, and, and technically done. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's impressive. Um, it it feels and looks just like any other professional sport we would have in America, um, by way of the, you know, how many people are the sports scientists, the data analysts, the nutritionists, everything in between, and that's always going to make a for a, a bigger, um, you know, sport. So Dan, uh, last comment from you. Uh, pretty simple. Um, are we coming out of this in first? Yeah, uh, you know me, Bill. It's not as simple as a yes or a no. Um, you know the the you know the, we don't have a lot of caps. You know in in a lot of positions. You know, and so um, we've brought in a new coaching environment. 
Um, uh, so there's new coaches trying to bed in and, and bring systems and structure to, to things. Um, we have, um, you know, we've had a run in, we've had, you know, a few weeks together. Um, so, you know, the challenge is not to underperform, which, um, is in a make or break scenario is even harder um, versus what we went through. And that's some of the issues. And so, you know, the, the confidence and the culture of the team has got to be at a sky high level that they have to, they have to live and breathe with each other in a positive, you know, um, way. If they can do that, then the technical aspects of the game and the, capacity of each one of these players can come out and so i would say yes if they do all of those things you know together and and it's a living breathing organism as we all know teams are and um i have every expectation that we'll be in france but um there are some vulnerabilities that everybody's got to you know historical um and uh and practical well dan uh we Thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a great time talking about the repiage and everything else. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, good luck, guys. And uh, yeah, obviously, go Eagles. Appreciate it, Dan. Absolute legend, quite literally, in the USA rugby world and, and a legend for joining us um, today. I guess we're going to kind of wrap it up, uh, Bill, I think. Yeah. It's been, it's been, time's flown when you're having fun. Well, that's the surprise, at least. Um, look, I, I, I think what what Joey and, and Dan have said is it's it's confidence, but it's also a challenge, isn't it? I think we all know that as supporters and as players, I'm sure. Um, I yeah, guess I, what you know, I think it's extremely important for the Eagles to come out with a big win on Sunday morning. They just got to set the tone, and they have the potential of doing that against Kenya. If it was sevens, it'd be a different question, but this is fifteens, and I really think the statement comes out: how cohesive is this team? from the beginning and you know what would that starting 15 and bench look like going against this Kenya side you know those are all good questions but it has to be a strong showing against Kenya from the beginning it can't be a close game no I think you're right and and, and that's why I also think that I believe Gary Gary will probably stick to those domestic players uh the guys that have been working so hard and I honestly I know how hard they work and and that's the sad thing about this is that no one out there I really hope no one out there thinks that the hard work has not been put in these guys are and as simple as that um and it just I, I just think it'll be right for those players to potentially start in this first game build their confidence build the confidence of the whole squad and then drip feed those guys that are coming in from Europe drip feed them in build them around the the team that's already there and i think that will produce good performances remember this is 3 weeks it's a strange competition it's knockout rugby to a degree but it's it's 3 weeks worth with Kenya on Sunday 7am eastern time it's an early one i mean it's 4am for me bill but i'll be up and watching on the on the rugby network on sunday yeah, you'll be up. And, uh, you know, I won't even go into, who, again, who should start exactly. I'd love to see Mitch Wilson start at fullback. I'd love to see – even love to see Luke Carty come out and start at 10. You know, just mix it up like you said. But, yeah, I'll be awake at 7, coffee, maybe a donut, ready to go. Brilliant. Look, and a massive thank you once more to our guests today, Joe Talfate and Dan Lyle. Um, and, and also to you guys for coming in on the, um, the first show. I know we, we, uh, we, we're we breaching out, we're breaching out, we're branching out, that's the word, uh, to uh, people out there, hopefully over the next few weeks. It's going to be a weekly show, so obviously next week we'll have a bit of review on what's just happened against Kenya and then also the preview going into the Hong Kong game. Keep those questions coming. Go and tell your friends, your family to join in again. Please do. Um, it means a lot because ultimately we just want to generate that fan involvement and ultimately, as well, that support for the boys out in Dubai. Bill, thank you so much for uh, coming on board with the sound effects as well. And thanks, everyone, for listening in and contributing. We'll be back next week. We'll be posting those times out, won't we, Bill, as to uh, our next show. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Uh, go Eagles.